Welcome back to Exploring Democracy with DBJ. And this is your host, Daryl Brackeen Jr. Let's jump right in. Surprise! Yep, we're right back at it. Uh, We want to give you a special edition of the legislative branch reviewing the state and local governments and what legislative powers do the state legislature have and your local legislative branches. Essentially, in the makeup of the United States, there were certain powers that were divided at the federal level, the state level, and the local level. The powers not granted to the federal government are reserved for the states and the people at the local level, uh, which are generally divided between the state and local governments. Of course, most Americans have more daily contact with their state and local government than they do with the federal government. So, for example, police departments, local, libraries, local, schools, local, driver's licenses, yeah, that's the state. Parking tickets, definitely local. Falling under the oversight of state and local governments, each state has its own written constitution, and those documents are often far more elaborate than their federal counterparts. The state government. Well, under the 10th Amendment of the United States Constitution, all the powers not granted to the federal government were simply reserved for the states and the people directly. And all state governments are modeled after the federal government and consist of the three branches of government, executive, legislative, and judicial. But the U.S. Constitution mandated that all states have to uphold a Republican form of government. Although there are three branches of government uh, is not required at the state level. All 50 states have legislatures and they're made up of elected representatives who basically consider the matters brought forth by the governor or the legislators themselves can also create legislation to become law. And of course, that legislature has to approve or disapprove the state's proposed budget, which initiates the tax legislation and the articles of impeachment, which we will get into much later on. Again, this is all about checks and balances amongst the three branches of government. There are many states that have a bicameral legislature, uh, with the exception of one state, and that's the state of Nebraska. Bicameral legislators Legislatures are made up of two chambers, a smaller upper house and a larger lower house. Together, the two chambers make state laws and fulfill other governing responsibilities. And the state of Nebraska is the only state that just has one chamber in its legislature. So most of the smaller upper chambers is always called the Senate. And its members generally have longer terms. Uh, usually four years, but actually in the state that I'm from, the state Senate has only two-year terms. In the larger lower chamber, most often called the House of Representatives, but in some states they call it an assembly or a House of Delegates, 
Those members usually serve shorter terms, often two years. But in the state of Connecticut, they also serve two years. So oftentimes, senators and state representatives are running constantly, which ensures that the hyper-local politics shows up at the state house. Local government also could be known as municipal government. Generally, local governments have two sections. And it's structured in a way that keeps the constitutional values of the state as well as the local charter or local constitution. Municipal governments are defined as cities, towns, boroughs, villages, and townships. Uh, They're generally organized around a population center and in most cases to the geographical designations used by the United States Census Bureau. Municipalities vary greatly in size from millions of residents to small towns. Municipalities generally take the responsibility for the parks, the recreation services, the sidewalks, the police and fire departments, housing department, the emergency medical services. Uh, There's even a municipal court, transportation, plowing of the streets through public works. Look, I'm a local elected official and have been for the last decade, so I literally know what it's like to serve in local government and oftentimes it's very thankless. But the nitty gritty on how things are decided and get done are at the local level. Oftentimes government is very slow and very bureaucratic depending on where you are. Oftentimes citizens don't realize the many hurdles and the constitutional values that have to be upheld in order to ensure that decisions that are made are legal, viable, and funded. We can't get anything done without that money. So most local legislatures are being a huge check and balance on the executive branch, which could be the mayor, the first selectman, or others. The public town manager, who may be usually appointed, the local city council, or in my instance, board of alders, which is also known as a board of aldermen, are elected every two years from their local municipality, basically their neighborhoods. And they make all of the local decisions together collectively. I happen to serve on a board that has 30 people. So that means we have to get at least uh, 16 votes to pass anything out of a legislative branch at the local government, which means that's a lot of people to convince that your neighborhood deserves uh, money for sidewalks or that your specific neighborhood deserves money for potholes. And oftentimes, there's a lot of jockeying at the local level in order to get these things done. It is not easy at all. So when a request is made, yes, your local representative may be responsive. Yes, they may file the request. Yes, they may do the right things. But unfortunately, there's a thousand decisions that need to be made at the local level that are often overlooked by the bureaucratic system. And it gets clogged up. Therefore, We need individuals who are able to help support and identify how our local governments can improve in running its operations. 
Well, that has been our special edition on the continuation of the legislative branch at the state and local level. Gotta have my public service announcement. Tomorrow is election day. That's right. November 8th, 2022. All across this nation, there are local elections, state elections, and federal elections that are happening. In particular, uh, we call this the midterm elections, where our Congress people are often uh, elected to their seats again because they are term limited by a two-year limit. Therefore, they have to run again in their respective seats. This is called a midterm election because the president of the United States is elected to a four-year term, and in order to ensure that the agenda continues for the rest of his four-year term, his or her four-year term, that is, they have to ensure that they have enough members of Congress from their designated party there to vote for their legislation or agenda to ensure that the mandate that they were sent there to do actually follows through. A lot is on the line today and tomorrow. I know early voting has been happening in uh, certain states around the nation for the last week and a half. And Election Day is the last day for you to actually get out and go vote. Whatever you do, remember the following. Your vote is your voice. And you absolutely have to ensure that your voices are heard through the ballots that you cast. Be sure to get out and vote and just don't go yourself. I need you to find two to three other people to make a plan, get to the polls, ensure they get there and vote. These are very crucial times and every voice matters. This has been Exploring Democracy with DBJ. Have a great day.